0: All right, and we are back. Uh, you are with the Dull Crayons, and we are in the Crayon Box. I, of course, am your loyal uh, Dullard Gabriel, and I am joined today. By Willie on the car phone. Willie, how is traffic out there?
1: Oh, terrible! On the Verrazano right now, just bumper to bumper.
0: Bumper to bumper. Oh my goodness. Yeah, happy to be, be here. Careful. A, be as careful. Be
1: careful. First time dullard.
0: I know you got. I know you got one hand on the phone. Where's the other hand? Is it at twelve I can't can tell a, you Is that. it at six? Oh my God! <laughs> All right, he's flicking the bean in the car phone. Yeah, you have not um, even that even me. <laughs> <laughs> so Willie, uh, Willie on the car phone. You and I go way back yep. to, uh, playing, uh, Worms Armageddon and, uh, Mario Kart at a mutual friend's house, yeah. but, uh, you're not just I here. both of us losing a lot to, <laughs> to, to said mutual friend. We were, we were not but as good as I him. Was,
1: I was, I remember us once being described as, as killing bacteria with disinfectant. was what it was like. Anyway.
0: Yeah, that, that kid is a natural talent. Um, but, uh. Surprised that he hasn't gotten into Fortnite yet. Still working, still working on Starcraft Sunday. too. very hard, very hard, beating some South Koreans right now. They're you know, good. Probably it's a national sport. Yeah, exactly. Probably making thousands that we don't know about in some uh, Cayman Islands account. But besides that, you you have your own background in education. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little
1: bit? Yeah. So I um, I did the uh, the gilded Ed reform route out of college. Mm-hmm. Did Teach for America. Right. So um I had a completely adequate amount of training uh 5 weeks in in Arizona, Arizona um at the University of Arizona in July. Mm-hmm. It was uh not enough. <laughs> and from there we went... I,
0: I, I want to stop you there because I totally misrepresented you on a previous podcast as having six weeks of training. No, I, now, no, I now recall it was five Do weeks of training I... and then a sixth week of just binge drinking. <laughs> yeah, and, and worrying. I was in, binge drinking for, In Denver. For, for, for coping,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, six weeks is a huge percent increase on five weeks. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I, I don't even want to work the math <laughs> on that one. 20%, um, got it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, taught in a bilingual public school in uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. Taught there for three years, and it was fourth grade. So it's an a, a English language acquisition model where they come in, students come in at first grade. Kindergarten's not required in in Colorado. Right. Uh, very progressive on some things. Not on years of, of the schooling. the
0: the fittest, sexiest state by many standards. Um, but yeah, schooling yeah, well, is that, not not a priority.
1: That kindergarten year is just crunches. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's they just, come in. It's just rich. crunches and bouldering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they know how to put the chalk on <laughs> yeah. and how to belay. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, yeah. So first, it's coming in first grade, uh, mostly monolingual Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then every year you add a certain percentage of English, and so mm-hmm. by by fourth grade it was like fifty fifty. But you know you'd still get students coming in from um, recent immigrants, and then some students who were functionally completely biliterate, right. or, uh, bilingual, mm-hmm. you know, and biliterate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, did move back to New York, did and tried out the charter school scene here. So I did three years, one year, T- TFA's two years. Yep. Did an extra one, um, probably because the first one was so bad and so little learning happened that I, I just had to do another. I,
0: I mean, you you are breaking the mold right now. <laughs> you are a percent of a percent of a percent yeah, as yeah. far as teach for america goes i know that many of them don't make it the full two years and right. you actually gave them an extra like for free <laughs> they they should have you on posters i know
1: they should um i'm gonna call them <laughs> we I, need to call them we need to get in touch I with somebody over there i got a text message from today having not done their alumni survey which is outrageous i didn't even know they had my number wow yeah um we got to get on yeah. that survey,
0: monkey. <laughs> yeah, your 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 responses are
1: invaluable to them. <laughs> and then I uh, did You're um, fuck the curve all up, dog. <laughs> I know. I know they're gonna like they're everyone's gonna
0: sh- every, everyone's responding like I cried every day in a closet. <laughs> I never saw the kids. I don't know what you paid me for, and your responses are gonna screw no, it they, up. No, they
1: they teach you they teach you one manner of presenting yourself. I should have done this. Where it's like, <laughs> where it's like. Gabe, there's one student. There's one student who's, and then like you just like tell the story of one kid, and like Whoa. that one kid is supposed to be in um, emblematic of the entire uh, your entire perspective. Whoa. Hard one over five weeks. Wow. Um, so when you so when you hear it's like that's the,
0: weird. I kind of remember that from like uh, I think it's Kurt Vonnegut's like eight <laughs> eight tips to like writing short fiction or yeah, something, yeah. where he's like write to one person. Like, don't try to write to, like, an entire, you know, don't try to write to a genre or this or that. Like, just write, like, to this one person and try to get your hmm. point across I to mean, that. it
1: works. Vonnegut's Iv- a, he's a god of ed reform. I yeah. mean, <laughs> he's, he's really...
0: he was a teacher before he was a writer. I didn't know that. He was a teacher for, like, 25 fucking wow. years. Wow. Yeah, Like, I mean, he was writing during that time, but, like, before he was a professional writer and, you know, a uh, poster taker. I mean, that guy, <laughs> that guy was fucking picturesque.
1: Yeah. Um... Anyway, I'm going to finish my story. Cause, Please. Because there aren't many years left. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so then I did, uh, I, I moved back to Brooklyn, and I did a year at a charter school in Red Hook, which was, it was like a, a school that was growing, it was co-taught classrooms, lots of technology, all sorts of um Bells and whistles, but a, like a total fucking train wreck.
0: Was this Red um, Hook uh, pre IKEA or post IKEA?
1: This was I, I want to say just post. Well, just maybe post. Me. Okay,
0: so big transition time yeah, for huge Red Hook. Yeah,
1: yeah. The furniture in our classrooms <laughs> <laughs> really uh, increased in quality. <laughs> um, but then I, I went to a, a very established charter school in Bed Stuy, mm-hmm. and part of a, an August charter network that um, is all over the Northeast. Yeah, and uh, did that for two years and did uh, some network curriculum work for them. Went to grad school for ed- in education mm-hmm. and then did a little... Uh, so you finally got that sixth and seventh week that
0: you were yeah, looking oh, for yeah. in terms of training. <laughs> yeah, excellent.
1: It was bizarre to get that much training. T-
0: TFA All grad program is <laughs> <But, yeah. laughs> two weeks.
1: Honestly, though, one of, our, one of my professors at uh, this grad school called it a refugee camp for TFA alum. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I know. Wow. So
0: good good for all of those refugees that made their way, you know, back into education and fought through the burnout.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it, awesome. And just like having a having a passion for the work but not, yeah. but also feeling But like unborn. wanting more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. That's um, sweet. And then did a fellowship this year uh doing um uh leadership in a school in that same charter network. Mm-hmm. But not not instructional leadership, like more the management side of of uh School, um, budget, finance, um, strategy, um, like, trying to, like, think of, of how a school can run well and, and efficiently in a way that can be good for kids and, and teachers, um, and then now work at an ed tech company, which is totally different. Yeah, talk, talk about ed tech a little bit, like. Ed tech's taking over. Cause like, we're,
0: uh, no, and, and that's what I was gonna yeah. say, is, like, we're, we're very much in, like. technological revolution when it comes to education Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. um you know uh, having witnessed it myself going from you know being in even a high school where we were still rolling out the like tube television (laughs) on that big fucking av cart just to watch (laughs) just to watch a river runs through it like in fucking july because it had like tangential relevance to some book that we read earlier that year which was not a river runs through it (laughs) Um, but so having gone from that to now seeing like, you know, uh, even public school uh, classes where each child has their own iPad, Mm -hmm. you know, teachers are working from Apple books, which we know are much more expensive than PCs. Like, it's, it's really amazing. And and everything is smart boards. like, you can't even walk into a room hoping to do a lesson on a dry erase board <laughs> right. anymore. Like right. you better know how every motherfucking smartboard works and their erasers, otherwise you're gonna get left. Can behind. I ask you
1: your opinion of smartboards?
0: Uh, yeah, you can ask. <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> hoping to get out of it. Um, I mean, I think that I think that the I think that smartboards are cool. They're a really mm-hmm. really cool tool and can be used to do really amazing things. And for me right now, I feel like we're getting into a tendency where they're getting overused and all lessons are sort of becoming PowerPoint presentations Yeah, yeah. and it's just like taking away from some of the experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to mention like, and I don't want to get into it, but like, you know, kids staring at like a blue light screen all day, like, uh, you know, I don't know what the fuck that's doing to their brains. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's bad. I don't know that it's good, but like, you know, something in me says that looking at a chalkboard or even a whiteboard had been mildly been more less harmful i'll say Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, i've only worked with one for one year oh okay in red hook oh get the fuck out (laughs) so you don't beautiful ikea smart board oh yeah yeah yeah. sweet (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the new shit yeah it was great and uh (laughs) was was a lot of time like figuring out the technology yeah in front of kids when that time should have been spent learning, which you could say is on me, and mm-hmm. in some ways it is, but in other ways it's just um, it's uh, it's a technology that has like a, a level of intricacy that far exceeds what is necessary in most elementary classrooms. Yeah, and I think like the the ability to, to be able to like play a video during class is a great engagement. Tool, it's huge, but also a crutch that I think teachers, myself included, at times could use instead of a truly engaging rigorous. Totally, that's yeah. totally uh, exactly what I'm trying to say. And the other thing about what you
0: said regarding like learning it on the job mm-hmm. and and sort of having your students fumble with you through that process, it, it goes beyond that because even once you've learned it, back to the chalkboard or, dry, or uh, whiteboard, they don't require IT to come in and fix it. Like right, you, right. you don't need a chalkboard, you don't need somebody to come in and fix a chalkboard. But there's not a single smart board out there that doesn't break down at least once a month and needs for sure. somebody to come in and do something or for you to just simply take all the wires <laughs> out of the back of your fucking computer and like redo, you know, like give birth to this thing on the spot in front of your students while they're waiting, like, <laughs> what the fuck is yeah. going on for math right and,
1: now? And lots of them stand up and they're like, I can fix
0: it. And you're like, I
1: <laughs> know <laughs> yeah, you probably. Maybe can, but like, it, it's not
0: really helpful for the entire group right now. Please sit down. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely one of those things where they pick up enough tricks just watching oh, totally, other teachers totally. that, like, they they could be the ones <laughs> to just like have the magic touch.
1: <laughs> yeah, they should go to the professional development. They probably should. Yeah. Yes, yes, that would be really helpful. Yeah, also. I think we just sold education.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But basically, what we're what we're saying is put education back in the hands of children children teach each other which we know is a good model yeah. anyway and they also write their own smartboard presentations mm-hmm. i love it
1: yeah
0: done i love it and now we can't give them full <laughs> internet access that's the only that's the only hang up here because they can't get access to all the videos on the internet no. but um we can give them go noodle accounts and i um, don't even know what that is oh you don't know go noodle <laughs> no I go don't. noodle is one of the ultimate time killers for teachers (laughs) Uh out there in terms of like putting a video on for kids because it's basically, it's basically YouTube for kids in that you can either watch like uh, you can either watch a, a, an awesome rap and dance about like syllabification (laughs) or you can watch like let it go from frozen like 50 times in a row. And it's just the Let It Go music and it's just video, that. and it's just that. <laughs> Great. Um, the other thing that they have is like Olympic sports, where you can like try to like. The idea is that kids are watching these things and they're like moving their bodies in the classrooms, and then like, you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna go into the whole thing, but yeah, I, go, I Noodle, those go Noodle is a fucking addiction right. for many kids and teachers out there.
1: All right, everyone out there in Radio Land. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up- Get via Go Noodle account.
0: Get a Go Noodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna start a GoFundMe for uh, Willie on the car phone <laughs> yeah. to get a Go Noodle account in his car. Yeah. <laughs> he wants it bad. Um, so you you have done uh, in some of your prior teaching experience one of my favorite lessons that I've never had students old enough to do before mm-hmm. uh, that I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, and that is the the famous classroom economy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like
0: so, talk to us about like starting a classroom economy and where this thing can go.
1: Yeah, it can go, I mean, so all right, let me let me start with how to start it. Please. Uh you have to pick the currency symbol that you're going to use. I chose the British pound because I called my uh, I called my students leaders, and I liked it as as an L for leader bucks. Nice, one nice. word. Yeah, leader bucks. Yeah. Good.
0: So you start with a symbol and come up
1: with a name. <laughs> yeah. That's <are> the important <laughs> thing in, in a currency. <laughs> sit back, <laughs> put on go uh, Yeah. So you so you start with that, and then you have to have some sort of um, some sort of way for the kids to get income. Right. I just had like purely attendance, like showing up. You would get a certain amount. Well, because that's day. how
0: all jobs work. <laughs> yeah, you're 90% show, show showing up,
1: up, up <laughs> sit down. And then like 10% don't shit yourself. <laughs> yeah.
0: if you shit yourself,
1: I'm <laughs> taking your income away for the day. <laughs> and and then for things like good grades or uh, participation or just like being a good person, you give extra leader bucks.
0: And like this is one of those things where people out there might be thinking already like, oh, so you're giving them like a reward for getting good grades, but shouldn't good grades like come intrinsically? But like I know there are plenty of schools out there where people are working with like just sticker and toy charts basically yeah, totally. that are the same thing. But they're then not go- they're still not going to internalize this notion of like what the economy is like and like what mm-hmm. what life is like out there.
1: And then I also think that what that I mean, first of all, I think developmentally, the, a, a child is not at a place to have a purely intrinsic relationship with learning. There has to be something extrinsic, there. right? And you can have different levels, but I think something like a Fake money is is uh, fine, and, and I, th- I think too um, it creates it does like what any currency does, which is just it just puts a value on it. So it's like, yeah, students value the work; they just right. value it in different terms than they, did, than they did before. Right. But then you take money away for things like like being an asshole or um, not following classroom rules or that sort of stuff. And then every day I would post the I would post everyone's balance. Sure. And then on Fridays we would have a time where you could buy things. And these were only intrinsic prizes. Like you could buy my like great swivel chair to have it at your, right, at your right. seat instead of instead of your like crappy public school seat. Right. Um, you could like see and this is what I liked about it too, because it wasn't like you're you're
0: walking home with a cupcake in your hand or no, something. No, no, no. Like these are basically like experiences yeah, that you get totally. to have
1: because of this, and they're things that you want. You got to like use a pen for the rest of the week or for for the Whoa, next week. Yeah, Whoa, that, that was be awesome. And it was honestly a really fun part of the job was was thinking of new things and listening to the kids and having suggestion boxes and stuff where right, they could right. they could have ideas. My favorite part though was was when this one student named Albert he um, he had a lot of leader books taken away. He. Um, <laughs> And at one point, he just stood up, and he just goes, it's not even real! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah like, you, you broke it. Like, you, if you were maybe, had a little more magnetism in the class, you could have probably broken the entire classroom right, economy right, for everyone. Right. And then there's certain days where you're like, the the hyperinflationary environment, is <laughs> yeah. like that of, like, Weimar Republic Germany, where, to, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, leader bucks start to mean nothing, and then you have to, you have to change the price for things, but.
0: Um, I, I fucking love the idea of just, like, snatching leaderbucks out of a kid's hand or pocket or yeah. mouth or whatever just because they've been a dick. Like, the, the yeah. times that I, like, c- you know, have to bring the hammer down on somebody just because they're being a dick. Like, they haven't even necessarily broken any rule in the classroom or anything like that. But it's just, like, motherfucker... You really could have used a nicer tone with that. <laughs> like, I want to take money out of your hand. That would be that would be so satisfying to it's me. Great. and also it would give them such a real sense of just like, yeah, you know what? There are consequences to your actions. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, similar to uh, your one student who basically tried to incite a riot. Um, <laughs> I remember having an experience in elementary school. I think we must have had a, uh, a socialist student teacher or mm-hmm. something who wanted to do this lesson. Basically, on like, um, I guess like industrialized America and manufacturing jobs and um, and like workers like labor rights and and uh, collective bargaining, where he basically broke uh, broke the class up into two factions. There was like the managers and then the laborers, um, and the man. It, it had to do with Oreos and managers <laughs> making a lot of Oreos and and laborers not making a lot of Oreos. And I remember like there was this, like, hint of, like, and, like, labor. If you, like, really don't like what's going on, like, you should say something about it. And, <laughs> like, we got about 45 minutes into this really crazy lesson that I, I really had a good time at, especially being a manager and getting all the Oreos yeah. I really wanted. That's great. Um, when, when this one student, like, basically stood up on a table and was like, we strike! And then they <laughs> shut the lesson down. And they were like, we can't go any further into this because <laughs> things are about to get, like, raunchy. <laughs> Which is exactly what the teacher wanted. Which is exactly what the teacher wanted. I know, it was kind of amazing, because he he had gotten everything he wanted. Like, I still remember it to this day, and now I do understand the, like, power of collective action. Um, So, yeah, uh, it came across to me. Uh, But anyway, on from that, uh, we did want to talk a little bit about uh, teacher strikes happening across the country. And before we get into it... Um, I do want to say, just to uh, toot my own horn, as they say on Bodega Boys, a little dick flute solo here, um, we predicted everything that happened in Oklahoma so far. Uh, Dull Boys were the first ones out there saying, what the fuck is up with a four-day school week, and why aren't the motherfuckers making any money or spending any money on kids? And sure enough, like three months later, strikes in West Virginia, yeah. walkouts in Oklahoma, they're going to happen in Kentucky and Arizona next...
1: I think Colorado. Colorado too. is
0: definitely on there. I mean, it's really, it's a lot of the middle of the map, which, you know, people are interested in. I won't say surprised, but they're interested in because, you know, these are not uh, not the most leftist or Democratic-leaning states. And I think people <laughs> yeah. think of, like, people think of striking and, and union work and stuff as, like, you know, something sort of lefty and and socialist. And, you know, these are Republican states that are saying... We, we want better for our teachers and we want better for our students. Like, what the fuck are you going to do about it, legislators?
1: Right, but I think the the union lens is kind of an interesting one for this. It because is. Because it's, it's not AFT-driven in a right. way that, that we might have assumed. Also, just like a quick note, the view of Oklahoma with a four-day school week and then fracking-triggered earthquakes It's <laughs> just, like, so <laughs> dystopian. It just sounds like such an awful place in that, in that respect. I'm sure it's great in a lot of other ways. The Thunder had a great win last night, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, just like, what a, what It's a bleak. Awful. It's fucking bleak. Look at yeah. 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 Uh, but talk about the union lens, cause it is yeah. a good one. Well, I, I would, I would think that, you know, when you hear about, um, when you hear about a mass strike in support of, uh, better pay and, and better work circumstances for teachers, you would assume that the, the, AFT would behind, be behind it one of the major unions and, it's just not the case. And right. having worked in areas where... In fact, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Where the, the AFT is, is right. saying, everybody sit
0: down. Everybody yep. go back to business as usual. Please, let's yep. not make this a thing. And teachers are standing up and saying, fuck that noise. Yeah,
1: or or, or saying like, um, we have a, a completely facile, um, uh, empty way of, of supporting you guys. Like, let's all wear red t-shirts on right. Wednesdays. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> almost <laughs> as good as better pay. Almost, not quite. Almost. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe blue. Um, but I think blue it, goes with everything. I think it's really interesting because, I, in some ways, it's a natural consequence of decades of unions being completely gutted and mistrusted in these areas. Right. Um, having worked in in, I don't know what the union presence was like when you worked in public schools here in New York. Mm-hmm. In Colorado, I mean, it was there, but it was it really small pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't don't really think of of unions outside of, you know, the few times that education is in the national news as as being a a prevalent part of of a teacher's life. I mean,
0: it's definitely more more present here in New York. I can even recall being in middle school and being at teacher strikes. This had to be in uh, the late 90s because they were working for a year without a contract. Mm -hmm. Um, So teachers walked out um so there's definitely more talk about here and and as we know we spend uh as a state in new york we spend a shit ton on education Mm -hmm. um whether the money is going directly to teachers or more likely going to the kids and the facilities um there's just a lot of tax dollars going there you talked about decades of union gutting but it's also been decades of basically like tax evasion right Mm -hmm. where we're we're talking about tax cuts for everything in some of these states that wind up, you know, taking services away in all these other areas, okay. services that people need and use. And yes, you may need that fracking job because that's your source of income, but that doesn't mean that, you know, gas and natural gas has to be, you know, a $1.50 a gallon because we cut the tax on it. Like, maybe it should cost a little more so that your kid can go to school five days a week. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that is the balance. And I
1: was listening to one of the people from Arizona, one of the the leaders um, of the strikes there. She's a kindergarten teacher. And she was saying, you know, you you couch this governor and the legislature in terms of tax cuts that will incentivize corporate spending in this area and corporate movement into this area, but why the fuck would a corporation want to come here if our schools are so bad and only yeah, and only have you four can't. day week, four day weeks, <laughs> like you it makes no fucking can't. sense. But I love the way she put that on their terms because I think it's often in education it can be like a this like bleeding heartstrings uh, view of like, but the kids and this is like no <laughs> fuck you. This is money just in the way that you understand it. Well, that's, that's
0: the other great one, is this idea. And I've got, I've got an article from the Wall Street Journal up here for us to read from a little bit. This is from uh, April 1st by Michelle Hackman. It's Why Teacher Strikes Are Becoming a Nationwide Movement. And they say in it, um, they say in this article from the Wall Street Journal, this is a quote from Dan Weisberg, who is the CEO of TNTP, a nonprofit group <laughs> promoting teacher quality, which let's get back to that in a minute. But Dan Weisberg is quoted as saying, a strike is hugely disruptive to families and kids. This is high stakes, and it's a particular risk in low-wage states. Okay, first of all, I don't know what the fuck a low-wage state is. I don't know what that means. <laughs> are, are we ranking states on wages? I I, I don't know. Low-wage because the teachers don't make any money? Low-wage because we're not yeah. spending it? I don't understand. Is it
1: or is it like... Um...
0: And I don't understand what makes Dan Weisberg any expert of what other states are like is it Uh, it a cost of living
1: question (laughs) (laughs) is it i don't know
0: i i also don't know what makes dan you know anything uh, a non-profit group promoting teacher quality again i don't know what the fuck that means i do know that if teachers don't have to spend their extra hours tutoring or like selling jewel cartridges to kids as (laughs) as i read about on instagram earlier today uh because they can't make any fucking money then they'll be better teachers like one of the f- one of the real reasons why the strike in West Virginia happened wasn't about wages it was about healthcare mm-hmm. it was about they were trying yeah. to gut their healthcare plan yeah. because yeah. they fucking need a healthcare plan like yeah. that's not an okay thing to just take people's doctors and prescriptions and everything away and still say do this job that requires so much of you um to be present at all times and that you know we're really dependent on so yeah it's really disruptive to kids and families. So is, like, not spending any money on these fucking kids or having a four-day school week.
1: Yeah, it's, it's this guy who who putatively talks about teacher quality or, like, that's that's what his nonprofit group is for, but he's, like so many, vilifying teachers for trying to take care of themselves as if they're doing so at the expense of their kids when, really, it's quite the opposite. I also think it's it's, like... The, the way so many ed reform groups think of these in really short terms mm-hmm. of like this being disruptive to teachers and to kids and families for like a fucking week right <laughs> like, right literally nine days they don't We're even
0: literally go, talking about nine no. days that's less than spring break <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to say yeah, if it's two weeks that's only eight days of school <laughs> <because laughs> you're not, go, not going to school on fridays <laughs> jesus fucking christ it's true right um you're absolutely right so I, I do want to read from this article because it is the Wall Street Journal and it has a particularly right bend that I, I, I'm just I'm so enjoying. I have to read this. On Monday, teachers across the state are planning to walk out to demand a bigger pay raise prompting widespread school closures and sending parents scrambling to find alternative childcare arrangements. To prepare, prepare, unions have coordinated with community centers and churches to provide students food and a place to go, and some districts, including Oklahoma City, sent students home Friday with prepackaged meals because many students depend on schools for free or low-cost meals. Meanwhile, Kentucky teachers also plan to protest in the state capitol on Monday against a pension bill rapidly passed through the legislature last week that shifts future teachers into a hybrid between a traditional pension and a 401k plan. So, like, this idea that, you know, teachers are greedy and unions are a bad thing because they're stifling stuff, you know, they're like, you know, whatever. It's freaking hysterical the way that they're saying oh, these greedy teachers are asking for more pay, when we know that many of these cases, the teachers have already been offered raises, but they know that the raises are coming out of the mouths of the children, where the funding is like literally being just swapped from one area to their directly to their salaries, and they're like, no, that's not what we wanted, stupid, you dumb fucks. We want legislation <laughs> that taxes other areas so that we can get more funding for schools as a whole like stop like listen to what we're saying and it's still a case where the unions themselves aren't backing the teachers they don't they don't want the same things the teachers want because they want to get out of this without blood on their hands mm-hmm. they're trying to get they're they're sort of the middlemen stuck in the middle trying to like keep everybody at arm's length and keep everybody happy where these teachers and, and families are supporting the teachers too they're 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 kind of making it sound like the unions are the ones who are you know, going out and setting up, you know, tutoring, uh, like, side projects here for students while
1: they're on strike,
0: and that's not the case. It's actually the teachers on the
1: grounds. And do you think this is perhaps the most positively the Wall Street Journal has ever portrayed a union? Absolutely. <laughs> ever?
0: Absolutely. Also, like, what the fuck? Like, Without if, a doubt. This is
1: the Wall Street Journal. Shouldn't they be celebrating teachers for wanting more money? Like, isn't this, like, what gives the Wall Street Journal its neocon boner? It's fucking (laughs) capitalism. Yeah, 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 exactly. They should be high-fiving the teachers for this. I agree.
0: Uh, NPR has a slightly different bend. They're Shocking. They're saying uh, that uh, budgeting data from the education department shows that teachers earned less on average in 2017- than they did in 1990 adjusting for inflation this is in uh this is in West Virginia in Oklahoma teachers make about 67 cents to the dollar compared to other college graduates by the way what they don't say is that those other college graduates are actually flipping burgers at McDonald's for 15 dollars an hour because we just <laughs> yeah. raised the minimum wage but teachers are still being paid in like chalk and like yeah, like uh, giraffe bucks from <laughs> Toys R Us or something. A,
1: a smelly stickers. Smelly
0: <laughs> stickers. No, puffy stickers. Or the move <laughs> oh, really ones good. that change colors. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, maybe not in Oklahoma. Maybe <laughs> not in Oklahoma. <laughs> they can't they can't that, it. They don't have that technology.
0: <laughs> Oklahoma is much like uh, we think of the Middle East or other countries. They're like they're actually still stuck in the 1980s in uh-huh. terms of
1: culture, right? Yep. They're just getting the, like, Pat Benatar right now. They're really... Yeah, I mean, watching... And Devo. <laughs> yeah. Watching... I, um, my roommate has NBA League Pass, and so when you watch an Oklahoma Thunder game, you yeah. don't see... You don't see the uh, commercials. You just see, like, the dance cam, and you just see people... Oklahomans dancing. <laughs> Holy shit! I recommend everyone watch that. It's I amazing. did not know that and, that
0: was a feature on League Pass. Yeah. That you that you don't get the broadcast stuff,
1: and uh, I think you do in, in certain cases. Oh, okay, but, um, but n- not always. And uh, I, w- I would say like there is some Pat Benatar. <laughs> I've never heard, I've never heard the Devo. But, like I could definitely see them. They're gonna break out with it reading. at some point for, for these playoffs. I'm positive it's coming. We're anyway. gonna
0: take we're gonna take a short break and we're gonna be right back with the uh, snack report. Hell yeah! All right, awesome. All right, we are <laughs> back in the cran box. I am uh, Gabriel, along with Willie on the car phone. Uh, we hey. we've managed to get Willie a uh, an individually wrapped uh, segment of our snack for today. Uh, which is a...
1: <laughs> Delivered by a drone. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Was, uh, we, we, we use uh, dull, dull crane drones, uh, you know, patent pending. Uh, Amazon's fighting us really hard on our drone yeah. technology patent, but uh, we're, we're hopeful. Um, yep, dropped it right in through the moonroof. And <laughs> these are Peppa Pig brand marshmallow twists. Um, you know, right there with pep on the box.
1: Individually wrapped.
0: Individually wrapped inside the horrible packaging, plastic packaging on the outside.
1: So just from the looks of this, what do you think this would go for in a, in a lunchbox trade?
0: Oh, um, I mean, it's less than a pudding cup, (laughs) but it's, it, it feels like, you know, it feels like more than a, a bag of chips. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm
1: thinking, I'm thinking I would go straight up. Straight up fruit roll up, but a fruit yeah. by the foot, no. I, I, I value those higher.
0: I agree with you. Straight up fruit roll up. Um maybe I'd say um if if you had a peppa pig marshmallow twist and a Ziploc baggie of goldfish, <laughs> yeah. that's worth the, the yeah. fruit roll up. Yeah. I think I, I, fruit I think, by the think foot. Uh, fruit by the foot, fruit, fruit by, by the foot, the sorry, foot. yeah. Um Of course, that's the tie dye fruit by the foot, right? The the yellow and red, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 multi flavor. Um, So these things, if I can describe them, they look a bit uh, in the the Jewish tradition like a challah (laughs) bread. They're they're braided. There's also a veiny dildo quality to them, Um, and they're tricolored for no apparent reason.
1: Also, very (laughs) chunky. They're very chunky to the feel. <laughs> That's exactly what you want
0: from from the yeah. marshmallow stick. Um, <laughs> Very excited for the mouthfeel of these. <laughs> I, mean, I feel yeah. I feel like I could choke on this thing and <laughs> yeah. die. Like I'm I'm actually worried about the shape. Um, all right, so we're going to dive right into it. I feel these like you should be elements. able to
1: drip water on it and it would grow into
0: <laughs> It also reminds me, <laughs> yeah, like, like a little dinosaur in a yeah. jar. <laughs> it also reminds me a little bit of when Twizzlers decided to do the pull apart. It looks just like yeah, it Twizzler just, pull and peel. Yeah, Twizzler yeah, it looks pull and peel. Just like that. Which were heinous. Yeah. There was something about the, the, the chemical flavor of those Twizzlers yeah. that were really inferior to the regulars. So here we go all biting right, into the up.
1: Peppa Pig. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh. Now
0: again, these were individually wrapped, so there is oh. no chance that they could be stale, and they are beyond stale. <laughs> They're bizarrely tasteless. <laughs>
1: they have no, they flavor. Have no- <laughs> flavor. They have no flavor at all. Like you just look at the the, the bizarre like cotton candy pink white and blue and you think it's gonna have flavor but it doesn't it has nothing i mean marshmallows themselves have a flavor yeah it yeah. is a flavor of marshmallow
0: and nothing else that's why you get things that are then flavored like toasted marshmallows but this lacks all marshmallow flavor entirely it's
1: disgusting, <laughs> and
0: yet he's taking another bite. I'm
1: finishing he's this. He's chewing episode. it as he says it. I remember being in in class and in, um,
0: as part of your dull clan, Crans rider, You know that it is it is not necessary for you to finish the I, snack. I thought I, was, I thought I was being hazed. It was in the first episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Um, you can like kind of like hear and feel it dissolve, like like decompose on your tongue. <laughs> It's disgusting. I'm fascinated by this. Uh,
0: going, going with the marshmallow thing. Uh, yeah. When you eat, as well as the the Jewish tradition, only because we bring these out during Passover and let them go stale all the time. When you eat uh, <laughs> peeps, when you eat peeps, <laughs> yeah. Do you leave peeps out to go stale, or are you a fresh out of the package kind of person? So
1: I didn't know that that was a thing you did. To it leave is them a out. thing.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and on purpose. On
0: purpose. You leave them out. So you know when you get a peep right out of the package, it's very soft and gooey. There's yeah. a lot of stretch to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's very enjoyable. It's a great thing. Uh-huh. When you leave them out, they get a little bit of staleness, but but it's a staleness that you, you like. It's like an aged cheese, you know? It's like yeah, it's like wow. it 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 changes the mouthfeel altogether, but for the for I won't say for the better, just for different.
1: And is that this does that hold for yellow and pink Yeah, uh, it holds for, for
0: it holds for yellow and pink ducks. It also <laughs> holds for other shapes when they do. Are they Easter ducks? Eggs. I thought they were like little. What chickens. are they? Or oh, are they chicks? Yeah, oh yellow yeah, the yellow yellow chicks does make sense. Yeah. Um yeah. That um, does work.
1: So I, I, I honestly don't have a tradition in uh okay. in peep making peeps more stale. I, I can remember as a teacher being offered many peeps around Easter time and Sure. And politely turning them all down. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good...
0: Yeah, that's a good strategy. Definitely you want to turn down the edibles from the children (laughs) as as often as possible. Especially when you... Especially in Colorado. Colorado.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kids, uh, we're going to watch Space Jam again. Uh, (laughs) Please keep it down. (laughs) I know this is the second viewing today, but this is the post-lunch viewing, so really... I,
0: we, yeah. we, we'd all like it to be quieter some of us are <laughs> napping
1: back here <laughs> some of us are freaking out <laughs> uh, please take notes not on this <laughs> excellent um so also washing this down with a Mountain Dew is <laughs> quite quite a, uh, a sugar experience
0: yeah yeah that's uh, <laughs> you're really um you're really cutting the, the flavor of that, <laughs> yeah. that marshmallow uh, <laughs> twist with your Mountain Dew yep Excellent. Um, You're definitely going to be growing something disgusting in your stomach later on. I think Peppa Pig (laughs) is just going to start inflating (laughs) into your gallbladder. (laughs) Um, So moving right along, uh, you and I uh, recently took in a video um, regarding an Upper West Side institution, actually, that you were a member of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can
1: say alma mater for elementary schools. I also didn't do all the years, but <laughs> <laughs> I skipped a few years here and there of elementary I to, school. I went to most of the years, <laughs> okay. a plurality of years. Okay. This so
0: this is this is a video uh, courtesy of New York One taking place at uh, PS One Ninety Nine. Yes,
1: one ninety nine. I wish I could have said like fighting eagles, but um, I don't think we had a <laughs> <that> uh, mascot. <laughs> on
0: the upper west side. The peeps. <laughs> and it is it is a brilliant capture of um, you know, a number of really privileged uh elderly white people from the upper west side, as we know them to be, mm-hmm. having grown up there ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, We we know this crowd. We can smell them a mile away. We've seen them in
1: their natural habitat. We really have.
0: We've experienced them in the bathroom. We've uh, taken showers with some of them. Um, Yep, so these are our people. And this is them really, really getting into it. Um, So there's been a proposal made, and it's been accepted by uh, 17 local middle schools. All of their principals and many of their uh, parent officials, their elected parent officials, Um, That would force these schools, these middle school, these high achieving middle schools in the area to reserve 25 percent of their open enrollment uh, for for students of low academic achievement. And this would be in an effort to uh, create more equity, obviously, in the neighborhood to give students of low achievement um, a fair shake. Right. And also to increase the level of diversity in these self-admittedly very segregated schools. Um, and what what ensues is nothing short of a like full-on food fight yeah. um, with parents yelling at educators, yelling at the principals who have accepted this thing. I mean tearing their motherfucking hair out because precious little Billy might have a slightly harder time getting into the computer school. Because, you know, somebody else should actually get an opportunity for once in their goddamn life. Um, yeah. and if, I, I think what, what were your thoughts watching this happen in a lunchroom that you once <laughs> <laughs> shared with another yeah. 99% white population? That was
1: once a lunchroom that my mother wouldn't let me eat from because of the cockroaches that were found there. So that, that's a, it's come a long way. It my for, this yeah, yeah my nine. first experience with, with lunchboxes. Yeah. Brought me back. Um, what yeah, was on your lunchbox? Uh, so I, I, I had the, the brown bag for a while, mm. which was so great. Oh, I rocked the brown bag. You could just throw when that, even just do that shit out and then you, you have to worry yeah. about it. Like all the other kids would be fretting Hells on the bus home yeah. like, oh fuck, I left my bag, like my, my lunchbox. Mom's going to kill me. And I was like, <laughs> my lunchbox is in the garbage <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> it's got my one. name on it right yeah, there. Yeah. Just
0: to let you fucking know I, had, I
1: was here. I only had a W. Just, <laughs> just the one letter. <laughs>
0: You didn't get the car phone yet. Yeah, it was was a W W. and a
1: very large 90s phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then later on... Shit, I don't know. Um, I want to say... I want to say it was a Ninja Turtle. Whoa. Um, And may have been a throwback to one that, that... was from a generation of kids earlier that my cousin had given me and I kind of looked up to him and really liked it.
0: Oh, see, that's the best kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, You couldn't lose that one. I'm sure I probably eventually did lose it. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, lost it to some angry parent in the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) I did many to see my achievement scores. (laughs) I can recall
0: recall bringing uh, a Ninja Turtle towel to a camp that I was working at as a counselor years ago. And I had another counselor. I was new to the camp. I had another counselor there who had been there for many years. It was a little bit intimidating to me. Look at me one day and say, where'd you get that towel? And I said, well, I this is like my childhood towel. I grew up with this towel. This used to be my, like, fucking beach towel. I used to, like, sit on this thing like a baby. And now it's, like, fitting me kind of like a hand towel <laughs> on was my waist I swaddled here. in this. I was swaddled in it at <laughs> first. <the> first <laughs> fabric my skin felt. And, and this, this other counselor, he said, well, like, Basically, one day you may find that you don't have it because I'm gonna take it from you. What kind of mafia was okay to attend? I felt very intimidated. Yeah. And I mean, I'm such a little bitch that I I kind of thought I was being bullied by this person. And he was like, no, 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 like you misunderstand. I just love it so much. Like that tells <laughs> awesome. Like I wanna be friends with you. And like that was a start of a beautiful oh, friendship. But yeah. it was
1: very <laughs> scary at the time. That's how Gabe and I met. <laughs> And then he rolled up his car window and drove <laughs> off. Uh,
0: but so, yeah, this uh, this two tiered system in this fucking Upper West Side public school, it's crazy bananas that we're having this kind of conversation in 2018.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's also important because the the article doesn't really say this in the same way that I think you and I both know that low achievement is a proxy for uh, low income and in. Depending on on how on like where the um where the the districts of this of this uh is drawn for mm-hmm. race as well yeah and and of it's, course it's honestly yeah and it's horrifying to, to see to see the parents behaving in this way right um that, like losing their minds like screaming
0: screaming like you've never uh, it, it's embarrassing it's it's, it's, it's really just fucking embarrassing and actually I wanna I wanna quote now from one of the principals who was there leading this meeting, um, who said, there are kids that are tremendously disadvantaged that I would love to be able to offer. Somebody mentioned $5,000 worth of tutoring for to raise their test scores. And to compare these students and say, my already advantaged kid needs more advantage. They need to be kept away from these kids is tremendously offensive to me. That's Henry Zemeck. Like really standing up for the already disadvantaged in the face of a scary ass mob of, you know, white upper middle crap, upper middle class uh, Mm -hmm. tiger moms and tiger dads.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like to a certain degree, you understand that they want to they want to do what's best for their kids and protect it and protect their interests in that way. But it's such a fucking perverse way of seeing the world. For one in thinking of of the the model that you're setting for your for your own fucking kids who are who are going to who are certainly intuiting what you're saying and going to grow up with a with a fucked up view of of how to treat other people and see the world which is may I say one thing you're supposed to get from being in school yeah I think it's um yeah it, it's it's just it, it's so embarrassing the,
0: it's so embarrassing and the sad thing for me too and I'm sure this will hit you really below the belt uh is that that we've always grown up with the impression that this area, again, growing up in it um, and coming out the woke individuals that we are, we grew up with the impression that these people are the enlightened people and that they do know what's better for the society writ large. And to hear them, you know, really squashing the ideals that we would hope they would be standing up for is disturbing beyond Mm -hmm. words.
1: Right. I mean, it, it would be interesting to, to go home and and to go home with these people and hear what, like what conversation they'd be having about like say the like, Donald Trump, or, yeah, right. or any of the other racists that uh, that lead our country, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and that that selective enlightenment and and uh, like the profound blind spots that they carry with them through life are, is is despicable. Yeah, I mean, blind spot is a perfect word for it because
0: again, these are these are the people that are going to go home and talk about their color blindness, right, right, right. and talk about having, you know, three black friends, uh, you know, with them on the
1: PTA or whatever. These people are supposed to live on the Upper East Side, not the Upper West Side. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got lost. I <laughs> don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs>
0: they don't know that, yeah. you know, Manhattan's an island. They, yeah. they didn't understand.
1: Um, <laughs> sorry,
0: I went into my Donald Trump there for a minute. Um, but so we, we have been talking about ourselves and how we grew up on the... Upper West Side, mm-hmm. and how we spent many, many a day uh, inside, as, you know, young latchkey kids will, yeah, uh, yeah. playing video games and watching television with friends. Um, so we wanted to have a, a fun little segment here uh, called Remember the 90s. I made that up. I, I have no idea what this fucking segment is called. Um <laughs> but catchy. It's, it's catchy. Um, I think I stole it from I Love the 80s. But uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about some... <laughs> Some commercials that we remember all too well from the 90s. Uh, So much so that Willie is actually pointing at the screen and silently laughing at the first commercial that's coming to Yeah, there's
1: this gif of Don't Wake Daddy. (laughs) Don't Wake Daddy! (laughs)
0: Don't Wake Daddy! daddy. (laughs) And that's exactly what I want to get out here. Like, you can watch even just a gif of these. It could be a still image, and you'll know not only what it's a commercial for, uh, But what the jingle was like, what yeah. the aim of the commercial was—that's something that's true of us that I don't know is true of every generation.
1: No, I, I think, I mean, I'm trying. You to... You have
0: those iconic ones, right? You, you know, from the '80s or the '70s, like Mean Joe Green throwing the towel. You know, you have all <laughs> these iconic Coke ones. Yeah, I was gonna but say like, the Coke ones. But yeah. like, we literally remember like sockem boppers, and you're like more fun than a pillow. <laughs> more fun than
1: a. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll never lose that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I was also thinking um just in hearing you talk about 90s commercials, how many of them were board game based? And yeah. like I guess oh, that, was mouse the, trap? that was like oh, uh, <laughs> <or> Operation? <laughs> <Or> operation. <laughs> uh or uh, Trouble? <laughs> trouble. Um but it, but it's bizarre because I mean that's that has to have left the entertainment ecosystem in a right. way that I'm sure kids are not exposed to Fucking board game ads anymore. No, definitely not. You can't make any money selling board no. games now. You you don't have any ad revenue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna do anything for you. Um so I think first one on our list has to be uh bagel bites. Ba- yeah, best commercial. It think... it, it is tops. Yeah, it is right yeah. up there. It's it is it is on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of 90s kids commercial. This was a thing that played on every channel at every mm-hmm. hour of the day. To the point where kids were singing this fucking thing in their sleep.
1: Right. It's like the Ignition remix of commercials. Like everyone <laughs> knows the lyrics. It's, it's a classic. You, may,
0: you don't even know the original Ignition. <laughs> yeah, but right. you know Bagel Wait, bites. <laughs> um, I think... Um, pizza in the morning. Pizza in the evening.
1: <laughs> when pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Yeah. It's it's, it's brilliant. I think one of the... Um, you guys at home should should YouTube this. Because there's a... There's a a little gem in this commercial that a lot of people forget about, which is the beginning. Where at the beginning, and I believe this is correct, if not, I'm going to sound incredibly stupid. But at the beginning, I believe someone just, like, as a call to arms just goes, Pizza! And then it goes, like, Pizza in the morning. But it's like <laughs> someone just, like, possessed by some God to just shout pizza. This is like a
0: heart kind of <laughs> moment of just, like, Charge! <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's get that mom and get those fucking pizza bagels. Um, and wo-
1: woe to the woe to the '90s child who microwaved those, because fuck that. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Came yeah. out like fucking erasers. No, no, no.
0: You don't microwave that. You don't. You don't microwave pizza. You don't microwave pizza. Anything that that yeah. should oh, be terrible. something everybody knows out there. It becomes a sponge, and it's fucking sickening. I remember,
1: like one of the first times I was like really left alone to fend for myself and have to provide sustenance for myself. So I, like there were bagel bites. It wasn't like I was right. hunting, but <laughs> <laughs> and get a hunter gatherer situation on the I other like, Side. But like being a being a good rule follower, I like I was told not to use the oven, so I used the microwave. It was terrible, and it was it's a lot like what it's like to live on my own now.
0: <laughs> I I remember uh, vividly being on a play date, probably like end of elementary school, so like fifth grade, and uh, me and my friend wanting to make a make a snack and. I don't remember what we were making. I feel like it might have been fucking soup or something, and she wanted to put it in the microwave. And I was like, "No, we're gonna use the stove." I must have used the stove (laughs) once before under like strict supervision, and I felt like such a badass because she was like, "No, no, no, we're really not supposed to do that." And I was like, "I'm gonna do this." I I really thought I think I was trying to impress her or just trying to scare the (laughs) shit out of her. Uh, It was awesome though. The next one on this list, everybody's gonna remember if not from their '90s fame. Then certainly from their Jim Gaffigan, Gaffigan, uh, yeah, reiteration, hot pockets, (laughs) this, this was not one to be missed.
1: No, what, what is, what was your hot pocket go-to, if you had one?
0: Oh, uh, I believe there was a, a cheddar broccoli,
1: if I'm not mistaken? Wow, it's a bougie hot pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) I, I think I liked that kind of thing. I liked... I like cheddar broccoli as a mix. Is that, like,
1: is that, do they spell it H-A-U-T? <laughs> okay. <I'll talk> it. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, uh, the fact that Hot Pockets are still, like, really in your face in supermarkets everywhere to this day is such a commendation
1: on these yeah. ads. Because yeah. they're not not—they're not advertising anymore, <laughs> but people are still fucking buying them. And now they have Lean Pockets, which are, uh, I think, like I think something that I see more in people's freezers than Hot Pockets. Interesting. Yeah. You going into a lot of freezers now looking for Hot Pockets? <laughs> <laughs> What's that I smell?
0: <laughs> First the medicine cabinet, then the freezers. Yeah. Just um, got to check out what everybody's got.
1: I, for me, the canonical, or the, like the... the Central question with Hot Pockets was always the ham and cheese or the pepperoni pizza.
0: Oh, okay. That's, yeah. why, that's why I asked that. I gotcha, assuming you would go gotcha. Those. Yeah, I mean, pizza, had to be a fan of pizza, but I was just never a big ham and cheese person. Mm. Didn't mm. love ham and cheese sandwich, so it wouldn't have been a Hot yeah. Pocket <laughs> for yeah. me. You gotta like the sandwich, you gotta like the real version of something before you can eat the pocket version <laughs> of it.
1: <laughs> Is this list ordinal? Is this, like, are we going through, uh... Are we going best? Are we going to go from the best commercial of the 90s to the worst commercial of the so 90s? So
0: technically speaking, this list that we're working off of right now is coming from mandatory.com so and you it's, have to see it's it. It's 90s commercials <laughs> way too dis- uh way disturbing, way too disturbing to remember, I think. Way more disturbing than you remember, sorry. Okay. Um so their their whole bend here is that there's some some weird or creepy shit that's happening or some Great. hidden messages Great. in these. Um, we're choosing to ignore that for these purposes. So, soccer boppers. Wait,
1: are they were called soccer boppers?
0: I'm so glad you brought this up. Talk, <laughs> talk to me about what you're feeling right because now. Because
1: everyone knows that they're called sock-em-boppers.
0: It sock sock-em-bopper. It's very clear in the commercial. Yeah. It's very clear when you say it, because soccer <laughs> bopper sounds fucking <laughs> sounds stupid. Stupid. That's yeah, um, definitely
1: not more fun than a pillow fight. <laughs> but for some reason... It's like, I
0: don't know if you've ever heard of this, the, the Mandela Effect. Have you ever heard of the Mandela Effect? No. So the Mandela Effect is this, uh, I guess it's a psychological or a, a, a pop culture phenomenon um, that is called the Mandela Effect because uh, apparently there was a large swath of the population out there that believed that they heard stories or read news stories about Nelson Mandela dying in prison. Before he was ever released from prison and elected leader of South Africa, um, so this is a phenomenon whereby people like almost like willfully misremember things or like like oh, oh, it's it's this idea that like there's just these blank spots in our memory in our like cultural memory. Oh. So another another instance of the of the Mandela effect is um, is a story about Sinbad. And how lots of people from our generation remember Sinbad being in a movie where he plays a genie.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: But apparently that movie never existed. (laughs) Because what else did he fucking do? So what else did he do? Um, So that's another instance of the Mandela Effect. So as we're pointing out, these things are called soccer boppers. They're basically Uh Hulk hands before Hulk hands were a thing. Um, and you just blow this thing up, put it on your hand, and, and then, then beat the <laughs> fucking shit out of your friend, whether or not he has And them. then they made sword ones later, with <laughs> shields. did. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you brought this up about the, the name being soccer boppers, and us thinking of them as sock boppers because I have a candy here that I wanted to show you.
1: What is it? You're going to look at this candy and tell me what you see. Now and later?
0: So you say now and later. See, because I know these as now-or-laters. <laughs> now-or-laters. Everybody I know growing up said now-or-laters. No, and it, said it became and one word. It was now-or-laters.
1: Huh, like Malamar. You
0: got some now or i mean now-or-laters. Fucking amazing candy. In fact, they're really called good. now and laters
1: huh.
0: Anyway, for another time.
1: The, the Mandela effect missed me on that one. Uh, for realsies. How about this one? I don't remember this commercial. I mean, I... I I remember the product. Okay, so the product is
0: ring pops. Yep. And in this particular commercial, a Zack Morris type character <laughs> uh from Saved by the Bell. Dreamy. You know, just yeah, dreamy, toe-headed, blonde, you know, Aryan type, uh, <laughs> you know, with a fucking uh cardigan sweater on. Um, he's got a ring pop in a fucking like Tiffany's box that he's presenting to his girl-next-door uh, Mormon-looking <laughs> yep. uh, s- significant other. Yeah,
1: one of several sister One of several sister he who received Yeah,
0: he bought the jumbo pack of <laughs> ring pops at, you at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bottom bitch getting the grape ring pop. Um, but he presents it to her in a proposal manner. Uh, to which she says something like, you know, my ring pop tastes fucking great. You know, <laughs> like, this this ring <laughs> is my favorite. Um, fucking weird as shit. Yeah, that is Ring really pops weird. were a brilliant invention, though. Uh, if you wanted to slime your own hand and feel <laughs> sticky for I the rest of the, the, the day. I just remember the wetness,
1: like, like the sheer palpable <laughs> wetness that just stuck to you.
0: What was what was wetter, the ring pop or the feeling inside of the oh push uh, pop the push pop? Oh wow!
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're both they're both supremely wet. They both like have their own monsoon feel to them. Um, I think I kind of feel like push pop. I kind of feel like your finger was less instrumental to the push pop because you could push it out and it kind of lock. Yeah. And then you could hold it as long That's as you want. That's true. Just, as long but you you, but, but if you but if you ever made
0: that mistake of thinking you were cool and saving some oh, of yeah, it for yeah, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it was it well, was like, very few sticky people, and humid inside I'm going to say
1: very few people ever finished a push pop. <laughs> It's like finishing ChapStick. <laughs> like it just doesn't have it.
0: ChapStick, but, glue stick, all of these but things, But I finished. I,
1: I, I fucked with Ring Pops, and I finished Ring Pops. Oh, yeah. They're I finishable.
0: Mean, I mean, kind of the great thing about the Ring Pop was, after you finished it, you could still go on wearing that ring for the, the rest ring, of the yeah. day.
1: And your hand was so sticky, you maybe had <laughs> you,
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> you had to keep it on until you buttered it off later on. Um... We also have on this list, obviously, "Don't Wake Daddy," a classic, Class, absolute classic. Um, yeah, that was that was a big one. Uh, what a
1: stupid game.
0: Yeah, really fucking stupid game. Not sure what the message was meant to be there. Yeah. You're sneaking past daddy. I forget. Were you even supposed to sneak past him to go out of the house or into the house? Are you
1: even his child?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is it a gift situation? <laughs> are you are you trying to sneak past your big daddy and hope that he doesn't want seconds in the night?
1: Yeah. That, I don't know. I'm it's, sure that's the disturbing element of the commercial.
0: I'm sure it is. Um some <laughs> other favorites. This one coming from uh Mashable. Uh we've got
1: Rap and Rock and Barbie. I don't know what that
0: is. No, that's bullshit. They made that shit up.
1: Was um was the
0: uh one of my all time favorites, the Crossfire. Oh, yes! I was
1: hoping this got mentioned because it's this one of my also one of my favorites. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So, what do you remember from the Crossfire commercial? I just remember that man yelling. <laughs> like, crossfire! You get caught up in the crossfire! 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 And it just, like, went more and more. And then I'm like, the, what the, was this? The, I don't know, but I want it. The the absolute crescendo of it yeah. is magnificent. Huge. Huge. Yes, yes. Also, we did not watch these commercials before <laughs> this, did <laughs> No, <laughs> not at all. This is, this is, this is all happening very spontaneous <laughs>
0: for Willie in the car as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about this super soaker commercial where the where the children are dressed as the blues brothers? (laughs) I don't know that one (laughs) Uh, Phenomenal commercial Um, we also have from a Separate list. Oh, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Which I have played recently, but never played as a kid. It is the worst fucking game yeah, you can so ever terrible. play. So terrible. Um, guess Who? Guess Who was a pretty amazing commercial.
1: Have you ever played the version of Guess Who where you don't go, you don't do anything about their physical appearance, but just guess as to their personality?
0: <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> this is not my favorite game of yeah. all time. So you just look at them. <laughs> okay, you're like so.
1: recently left by his wife. <laughs> Wait, but no, no, have no. Have no you have to ask questions. You have questions. <laughs>
0: That's the even better part. Yeah. So you're looking at your own characters and you're wondering, because to me, what I love about Guess Who is that kids never understand. That you're supposed to... It's like playing 20 questions with kids. They never understand that you're supposed to like really like eliminate a swath yeah, yeah, of yeah. the population you, by asking really broad questions. They're always like, is it Sally? Is it Jim? Does he wear glasses and have red hair and have a bow tie? Um, so they ask very specific questions. But so if I'm looking at my field of people and wondering how I can eliminate a bunch of them, I would, I would have to think of something like, uh, did they... Did they lose their virginity, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. their junior year of college? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, no, it's not Joe. <laughs> or, or like before or after, like uh yeah, like a, um, <laughs> oh, what's that on? An over-under. Yeah. Over-under on the age they lost their virginity. Yeah, it's a great game. Really, they, really sad. <laughs> have they ever smoked marijuana before? <laughs> I love that. Oh, that is going to be the only way I play this from now on. How about Sega commercials, which... I would put right up there among the Mount Rushmore's uh, with Bagel Bites. I'm trying to
1: remember this The Sega Genesis does.
0: I don't remember Sega Genesis does. The commercial I remember most was on an airplane um. where a flight attendant is servicing a customer and she says, coffee, tea, and he turns to her and in a manic, insane <laughs> volume yells, Sega!
1: And oh it yes, 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 you, yes!
0: It made you instantly want to play Sega <laughs> and want to be somebody as crazy about Sega as yeah. this guy was. It was I absolutely contagious. Um, how about these sites? Really seem to like the the bubble tape. Was, how about um, LightBright?
1: Yeah, LightBright was great commercial, also a great product. Oh, see, I never had LightBright. Oh yeah, always yeah. wanted it from the commercial. I feel like it was a little before our time, and I had a. Uh, like a friend of a friend who who had one, yeah. had an older brother who yeah. had one. It was nice. great.
0: Oh, love it. A Lot of edible parts there, right? I, yeah. Oh yeah. Really yeah. easy to choke yeah. on those. You have to fuckers. be 13 or older.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, did it? Wait, was the um, Tootsie Roll Pop yeah. 90s commercial, or was that pre 90s? Absolutely kind of, feels older. It
0: feels older, so it says oh, yeah. technically it was made in the 80s, but it it really held on deep into the 90s. Right and no, that was no. a, that was a commercial that never changed. This is the classic yeah. kid walking around asking different animals how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie pop and then he gets on to the canonical uh owl and the owl says to him
1: uh he says he takes uh, yeah, the he pop takes from the him goes, a one a two a three <laughs> A three uh, <laughs> and he crunches into
0: it and eats this fucking kid's pop. Yeah. And then he hands him back the stick and the kid <laughs> looks at the camera like fucking, you know, Charlie Brown or something, yeah. like womp womp. Um, brilliant commercial. Yeah,
1: I feel like that was maybe the last commercial where a kid just hasn't gotten everything that they wanted. <laughs> yeah. And- in some ways, it's a it's a blast to a different time.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, very Charlie Brown in that yeah, sense, yeah, right? Yeah, Charlie totally. Charlie's never getting what he wants, never. right? Can never kick that football. But
1: can you imagine like a Barbie dream car commercial, where it's like, it's just like <laughs> he's driving away from the kid, and she's just like,
0: "Fuck." Yeah, where uh, I I love. Well, I I'd actually even love just a Barbie commercial where it just. Ken ditches her and drives (laughs) off with like three other Barbies,
1: and she's just like like a (laughs) brat, a
0: A younger model. I like that, I like it a lot. Um, (laughs) shit. So, uh, the other thing about these commercials that I I just think kids are and you know, older generations are never gonna get from from what we got from them, uh, is that we watch these so much. (laughs) I can vividly recall having. Uh, having movies recorded from television on VHS cassette, and not fast-forwarding at all through the commercials. If anything, I watched Return of the Jedi (laughs) like 50 times a week because the commercials were in it. It was that much more entertaining seeing the same Big Mac commercial every time.
1: Yeah, I remember getting my family being late to the cable bandwagon. So the commercials held an extra allure because I either, like, saw them at a friend's house, on them at grandma's house, but not at my house. And then we got cable. Right. And, like, the commercials were, like, the best part because they're so much better than the commercials you get on, like, Saturday morning cartoons on Fox or something. Right. So, yeah, they're they're the best. But there was,
0: there was also just something, I, I don't know, there was something about the thought that was put into those things where, again, I know, I know they were, they were meant to warp my mind and to sell me goods, but... I just really enjoyed being a part of those worlds. Even yeah. though they were for 30 seconds at a time, I just loved being a part of Mighty Max for that 30 seconds. Mighty or, Max, you know, great. Polly Pocket, you know, fucking Betty Spaghetti.
1: Yeah. How many times did you see a Betty Spaghetti commercial? I mean, like, tens of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, creepy crawlers. Yo, creepy crawlers. Like, like, the uh, easy-bake oven for... For, for guys. For dudes. For dudes who, like, <laughs> but, like don't eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're going to okay we're going to sell you this easy bake oven only instead of putting raw egg into it we want you to put highly flammable plastic just pure rayon here yeah, it's going to get
1: so hot it's going to get it's going to get hotter than anything you've ever touched <laughs> we want you we
0: want you to bake this plastic in a Metal tin uh, for which we've designed special tongs for you to remove this thing. We don't know where you should put that fucking hot tin afterwards. Yeah. yeah.
1: When you get older, your fingerprints are only going to be a hindrance. We're we're doing you a solid. Oh my God. The, The other thing about these old commercials is how musical they were. Now commercials tell absurdist stories mm-hmm. well, I'm perhaps i'm thinking more of adult commercials mm-hmm. like geico commercials these days or right. like old spice but back then they were just songs yeah that's so cool i even recall
0: uh and we may have mentioned this on the podcast before but before jamie Foxx was uh an academy award-winning actor um and also a pop musician and best friends with kanye west he had his own sitcom Right, he had the Jamie Foxx show oh, yeah, yeah. where he worked at a hotel, but his dream was to be a commercial jingle writer. Yeah, like that was a job path that people sought was writing fucking jingles for commercials. So much so that we thought it was a good idea to have like <laughs> our protagonists in sitcoms <laughs> seeking this really pathetic job. Yeah, and that that's how much we that was the funny part. That was the like, story. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I think I have a few more commercials for us to get through if you're
1: down. I'm ready. Down. I all day. Uh, oh. Including the Pure Mood CD. Yes, yes. I'm so <laughs> glad we got into these, which are a little more adult. Ah, <laughs> uh, these are such good ones. Uh, the Pure Mood CD, along with really a lot of those CD
0: infomercials, famous, uh, Saturday Night Live did a bunch of great skits on this <laughs> yeah. for having that that scroll, the scroll of yeah. the songs and the artists, and then you'd always wait for the yellow highlighted scroll, <laughs> which was the song that was actually <laughs> yeah, playing. Yeah. Holy motherfucking shit, you could wait for like 20 <laughs> minutes before that yellow song came up, but it was really satisfying <laughs> yeah. once it did remember, and you knew um, what you were singing along like, to. I
1: so badly wanting the funk jams of the 70s, like so <laughs> bad. And, then, and it would scroll through like a billion songs and it would get to like Jungle Boogie, and you're like... That's yes, what this is? This is a great song. That's
0: it. Yeah. Jungle bug.
1: Oh my god. Amazing. Oh, The Sears air conditioner commercial <laughs> is such a fucking good commercial. <laughs> it's such a good commercial. Especially if, I mean, like being in a New York City apartment There's another in the scorcher out there. <laughs> cool.
0: She's
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally comfortable yeah. with it. I'll, uh, you'll call now i'll call that <laughs> i also really gentlemen the uh, new york times sunday or like this sunday oh the de- sunday edition yeah, you had sunday
0: times. delivery
1: it's like that's uh, such
0: a regional one i i think that probably only played <laughs> yeah. on the upper west side of manhattan not even the rest of new york state got that commercial <laughs> no, i don't think so because it, that commercial was exclusively uh young couples Doing the Sunday crossword yeah. on their couch yeah. and then swapping sections with each other <laughs> from their like twenty pounds Sunday edition. <laughs> they should delivery. do that now,
1: but like they trade iPads. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, the, what was the cl- oh, like? Um, uh, I check out arts and leisure. She gets a magazine. So <laughs> <It's not> good. <again. laughs>
0: It's so good. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. It's totally ingrained in your brain. Yeah. Uh, How about Miss Cleo? (laughs) Call me now. (laughs) Miss Cleo. She's still around. Miss Cleo, uh, sadly, is no longer with us. Uh, She's reaching us from another platform. I like that her
1: her um, tagline is "You can't fool Miss Cleo." (laughs) As though people are calling a psychic (laughs) in order to like
0: give alibis. (laughs) Uh, How about the Taco Bell dog for, I mean, a total classic. 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 Did he not have several movies made after him or is this <laughs> yeah, another yeah, instance definitely. of the Mandela effect? <laughs> right.
1: I also think, um, like, uh, if you were to look at the rates in which people took Spanish after, <laughs> I think it, for probably other reasons too, but it definitely increased over yo, previous decades. Yo,
0: quiero Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, and this one is another one on my personal Mount Rushmore of commercials. This is the Popsicle. Uh, wh- what's the actual product here?
1: <laughs> no it was, it uh, it was one of those uh,
0: multicolored popsicles and the kid is in his room he's like a total slacker he's mm-hmm. in high school what you know he's wearing flannel cuz it's grunge time This is
1: coming back and, to me. keep
0: going and he's and he's he's he takes one lick from this multicolored pop and gets like totally psychedelic freaked out and he's staring at his dog he's yes. fucking high yeah. and he goes the colors duke the colors <laughs> and the dog talks back to him because the kid is fucking high having taken this edible, and says, (laughs) I'm colorblind, kid. (laughs) And the rest of the commercial is in black and white. It is a brilliant perspective shift. fucking amazing. It was the trippiest fucking thing. I thought it was so cleverly written and perfectly timed.
1: Yeah, for like the Don Draper of of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, totally. Won awards for that shit. Uh,
0: To me, this was the give the world a Coke. Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um...
1: I feel like double mint gum was never, never something I actually ever saw. Also, like <laughs> shitty gum.
0: Bullshit! That yeah. is the worst fucking Wrigley's gum you can have. Yeah, got milk. Classic. That is garbage. Got milk is absolutely. What about the uh, classic. The, the Dell commercials? The, oh my god! Dude. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like you're getting it. Dell was big. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure Dude, You're Getting Adele is what brought us into the, like, technocratic age that we're <laughs> I in right think, now. I, I subsequently
1: got it done. Got it <laughs> I also think that should be the name of Adele's next album. <laughs> Dude, You're, <laughs> you're Getting Adele. Adele! My God, we're writing to a <laughs> publicists be, right that now. would be probably oh, just okay. <laughs>
0: oh, God. Isn't she on a 10-year hiatus from touring or Is something? She? Yeah, Is I think Is that because so. she
1: lost, or because she beat Beyonce and was horrified at, I don't, at her own power?
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. I I thought it was because she kept forgetting her own lyrics on stage oh, and no. was kind of embarrassed. But yeah, it could go either way. So I think we have time uh, to get yeah. this information <laughs> out to her, though. Yeah. Um, Folgers, Good to the Last Drop?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, no. This is, um, uh... Oh. Fuck. The best part of waking oh, up. Oh,
0: best part of waking up is Folgers <laughs> in your cup. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember Wait, asking, is it Maxwell House that's Good to the yeah, Last Drop? That's Maxwell drop? House, yeah. Fuck! I know so many coffee commercials and I don't drink any of these coffee. <laughs> well, I
1: remember seeing this commercial and then, like, going to my dad and being like, Dad why aren't you drinking Folgers? He's like, because it tastes like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is bad coffee. There was also, there was also, for some
0: reason, a flavored coffee commercial that used to play a lot on Cartoon Network (laughs) that I I thought was the greatest looking thing. And I I used to try to convince my mother to get these, these like assorted flavored coffees. (laughs) Similar reactions. That is fucking garbage.
1: Slim Jim commercials were scary.
0: They were scary. They were very intimidating.
1: Yeah, step a slim
0: jim. Eat me. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot. Yeah. I I'm not sure they were made for us.
1: I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't, I
0: don't, yeah. I think that was uh, definitely some trucker fuel right there. <laughs> baby bottle pop. Speaking <laughs> baby of baby bottle pop, I didn't even remember this was a thing, but now the yeah. entire song is yeah. flooding back <laughs> right, to me. Right, right. I can't stop it. Baby bottle
1: pop. Baby <laughs> bottle pop. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's, I mean, it's, it's for. uh, This was a time when you would just go to a rave in the 90s with a baby bottle pop, but just just with ecstasy. Just (laughs) Just
0: pure ecstasy. That's right. You're (laughs) just dipping, dipping the lollipop side of this baby bottle into just pure MDMA. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's. Phenomenal! You can't beat that kind of stuff.
1: No, I mean, I don't. I don't think that in in twenty years they're gonna have that that same sort of quality for ads for for kids ads. I think a lot of the ads right now are actually quite good. Oh, I'm I'm glad that you said that. What are you liking right now? I think I honestly think that some of the 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 absurd. I don't know. I mentioned this earlier, but the absurdest bent of some of the Geico commercials, I like truly enjoy.
0: I actually saw, I, I'm glad you said that, I actually saw just today an ad for a competing insurance company that was as good as a motherfucking Geico ad. Holy shit. So I think Geico is really like leading the forefront here, yeah. and they're they're just straight up changing the way that ads are now made. <laughs> I love that. I it was, was... incredible. I, I thought I was watching a Geico ad, and then it was some other agency, and I was like, Hell Holy yeah. fucking shit! Yeah. It's on now. Right. Geico's Geico's comp- like they're just gonna bring it to the next level. We know that yeah. once they somebody have else to. starts they competing.
1: Yeah, um, I was I was at I think it was like Jones Beach a few years ago, and I looked up in the sky and saw a fucking plane with a banner that was a Geico ad. I remember thinking like, here too, Geico is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> no place <laughs> safer? <laughs> is there nowhere you won't go? You're on every fucking network. <laughs> You're like. Every commercial break is almost guaranteed a Geico ad, and now I look up at the sky in Jones Beach and see you. You know, I'm I'm actually picturing a new Geico ad.
0: Really? Yeah. It's it's you. You're climbing the Himalayas, uh-huh. and as you as you reach the top, you see ahead of you in the distance another Geico, ad, <laughs> and the
1: whole thing is a Geico ad. What Holy do you shit. think? Holy shit. It's pretty meta, right? But yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. And then I look up and there's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and a plane.
0: <laughs> and a plane flying over it with the same ad. I love it. They're yeah. just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. i am just
1: be like, I, I don't own a car. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, does does the ad start? Uh, maybe, well, sorry, we're sort of reverse generating yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ad starts. You don't starts. know how the creative
1: process for ads happen. This could be it. <laughs> this could be it. <laughs> <This> I've <laughs>
0: never made an ad before. Uh, the ad starts uh, it's almost a North by Northwest kind of thing, uh-huh. where you're trying to escape from Geico ads, right? Holy so you're shit. being chased yeah, yeah. by these Geico ads, and you think you're getting away, and they're just they're just like it's a it's it's twenty of them converging at the end on top of the Himalayas.
1: Or uh, you know, how about this? <clears throat> like I get to the Himalayas, they're still there. I run yeah. down the long fucking ad and I get in my car it's a Super Bowl <laughs> ad two minutes worth of time <laughs> and I'm and I'm driving like down to Kathmandu and and I get in an accident and I pull out my phone and I have the Geico app and I'm like thank god <laughs> I love it yeah that is
0: fucking genius call Don Draper right Let's now go Geico. get him on the phone <laughs> uh we're gonna be up there and Croton on Hudson yeah. spanging banging down on doors With gecko. get me Don <laughs> get me the Gecko <laughs> Go live, (laughs) listen, folks. It's been real. Uh, you have been enjoying the dulcet tones, as always, of myself, Gabriel Zuger, along with my illustrious co host for the day, Willie on the car phone. Willie, thanks for calling in.
1: Yeah, thanks uh, for being here. Great to be here. Yeah, Um, yeah. I uh almost made it across the Verrazano. It's a among the longest bridges.
0: You're getting there. You're yeah, getting there. Okay. I can I can see the... There have
1: probably been actual traffic jams where I took this <laughs> long.
0: <laughs> You've passed by the toll at this point. That's a good thing. <laughs> really expensive.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we never asked, are you getting out or getting in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who knows? At this point, who knows?
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's been fun. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, please send them in to dullcrayons at gmail.com and uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and have a great night everybody